We're back about a minute and a half before 11 o'clock. My pleasure to welcome back to the show, New Iberia Mayor, Freddie DeCourt. How are we doing, sir? We're good. Always good to be here. Appreciate you coming by. I, I guess um, kick it off with the uh, sidewalk uh, series uh, you did last week. Uh, yeah. How did that go? Uh, very productive. That was a lot of fun. I've always wanted to do that. I kind of waited and saved it till I got my butt kicked on something and figured I'd get right back in the game. Uh, it actually was fun. A uh, lot of positive feedback. I'm trying to determine a new plan and a new path for our roads. The $12 million we're spending, as I keep saying, does about 20%. Only about 20% were good. So I'm concerned about the other 60% of our roads. Would like to find a funding source to accomplish that. Uh, what failed was something that offered no new tax burden. But, you know, it's on me. I didn't get the word out enough. So the sidewalk for three mornings was a lot of fun. Uh, probably almost 80 people stopped. And then if you count the drive throughs you know, the drive-bys, uh, <laughs> probably another 20. And then what that did was what I needed it to do. It, it was covered by the TV stations, covered by a couple of newspapers. Everywhere I go, people ask me about it, and it is just a great uh, way to bring up the conversation about our roads in a positive way. Um, we had about uh, 10 people that stopped and said, I will support no tax ever. Uh, you know, I vote no for everything and will continue to vote no for everything. So I thank them for coming, and some of them were some fun discussions. And then quite a few people, I thought it was a new tax. Mm -hmm. um, one lady, probably the most honest person who stopped, said, I didn't go vote, uh, so I got a kick out of that. And then, of course, there were a lot of well-wishers and a lot of people who did support it. So at the end of the day, I was almost right back to my 50-50 uh, because, you know, as you know, it was a 133-vote difference. And so that means 68 people would have had to change their mind of that particular day. Um, but well, it was, What was the city's voter turnout uh a little over six thousand, uh, and that percentage. Uh, no, I don't. I don't remember okay. what the percentage was, but I know a little over six thousand people voted total. Okay. So uh, it was good. I think it was productive. The people I did flip some people, and the people that realized that it wasn't a new tax, you know, said they would support something in the future. So I'm looking. You know, we're we're meeting with our bonded attorney, met with my finance person, uh, looking for some ideas. Uh, I do think that I will attempt something again um I, i'm just asking in other words you know i don't i don't take this as a threat to anybody or anything else the 12 million will stop when the steamroller stop probably next year in november december between it and the concrete streets and then people are going to pick up their heads and say well what about the rest of the roads i, I want to be prepared and i want to be prepared to say i tried once and maybe i tried twice um i am very cognizant of the fact that i don't want to pay any more taxes and neither does anybody else so i still have to work within that window of what we have uh so i am creatively trying to think of plan b and uh that was the kickoff of it and uh, it was a lot of fun and i thank everybody who came down good bad ugly whether we agreed or disagreed we had good conversations and it was fun um i'm glad i did it there you go so again um the the current tax though is still on the books uh, yes for another two years or a couple so? of years yeah almost yeah. three years but what would have happened is we'd have paid one off with the money that we have designated to pay that off to turn around and bring it right back at the same tax burden and i don't want to use that money for any and that's the other thing at some point i will use that money for something else because uh you know what you're supposed to do with new money is new things 
I think that when you don't do new things in a community that needs to be sparked up, which ours certainly has since I've gotten here and I've done my best to spark it up, you, you can't do the same old thing. So I constantly try to think of something different or a new way to approach an old problem to try and work within the window of what I have um, financially, but to make new things happen. So I, I don't want to take that money and just say, well, we'll do nothing. I don't want to sit on it because it's the people's money. So I feel that, uh, you know, some kind of way, one more try is hopefully in the cards. And, and I still haven't fleshed out an idea yet, still haven't gotten with my counsel yet. It, you know, I'm at the beginning phases of that. Um, but if that doesn't work, then we will try to think of some other way to leverage that money to do more. Because, you know, what people don't realize, you know, you had a million dollars or a million and a half dollars. But, you know, that was an example of leveraging it into quite a lot of additional dollars. So a million doesn't go very far on the roads. Um, so if I can't use it there, I'll find something else that that million can be leveraged for that can do greater good for our community. All right. We have a caller on the line. Oh, good. Uh, hi, you're in there. How you doing? Good. I, I didn't go stand out in the cold and talk to you. <laughs> no, you couldn't. <laughs> I had too much flu flying around. I just wanted to ask you this. I've been in politics for like I was on the school board like 20 years. Oh, yes, sir. Past big bond issues and everything. And uh, a couple of things were against you that people probably didn't have the heart to tell you. Number one, they <laughs> thought you should have left. You should have. No, this is some neighbors between my house and your house. Okay, and good. They came by and asked me not to vote for them. But anyhow, they thought they should have left that first 20-year tax in, that there was a, a, a sunset on it. And then it looked like you were trying to take a 20-year tax and make people pay for it for 40 years. I mean, that's how they, they saw it. Okay. But the other thing that uh, other people told me, that <clears throat> 100% of the people in New Iberia probably use the roads, okay? But where when Jason Akers comes down here with Fully and Jadell and all, to get the thing going, they do the ad valorem where people only that have uh, owned property are stuck paying the taxes. Mm -hmm. Isn't there some way that you and se seven other members of the council, you eight can get together, the combined IQs of all your, I'm sure can come up with something where everybody would pay. They even suggested something like a, a tax on uh, fuel, uh, that in, on automobile fuels, you know, for example, everybody would uh, share in it. Uh, I, I know it's hard to think out the box that far, but I'm sure that there's something that y'all could do that would make it look more equitable. Well, I, I, for one, take umbrage with the idea that non-property owners don't pay property taxes because that's included in most people's rent in some form or fashion, and uh, businesses, uh, they incorporate that into the price of their goods and services. So I, I would suggest otherwise, but... Well, I mean, I didn't ask you. I asked the mayor, you know. <laughs> He's right here. And we've had that discussion quite often because when we were putting this together, we realized that we didn't feel a sales tax would pass. When you look at our total taxes of millages and sales tax, we're still lower than all the surrounding communities that people love to compare us to. Okay. Um, so we have to invest some kind of way. Uh, meeting with Jason Akers, who does the bonding for every community in almost in Louisiana, certainly right. in all of South Louisiana, does a great job. Right. Uh, when you get too far out of the box, it becomes harder and harder and more and more hurdles to try to pull something off. Yeah. And remember, 20% of my roads are good, our roads. 
20, right. 18.9, so I say 20% are being invest in, in, uh, invested in now with the $12 million that we are spending. I got 60% to go, and I know we don't like new taxes, and uh, I thought this was a way that our tax burden stayed the same and that we could get a big bang for those bucks. Right. Um, so I'm open to one, any one suggestion more, I can come up with. One more positive suggestion that did come out of this from the same people that were detractors of the tax. And oh. They thought that y'all should start uh, putting fines out for littering, that the, the city is being trashed by people throwing cups and cans and everything out of the court 24 hours a day, and that if you'd put stiff fines on some of that, you wouldn't even need a tax. Well, yeah, that money would go to the police department. Uh, one, I have to have enough officers to run around and doing that, and I love my town, and we are doing making an impact, but we have more serious crime than littering. I don't say right. we don't give tickets for littering because we do give some, but uh, that, that won't fill a pothole. I think that people think a million dollars is a lot of money when you have a road project. Mm-hmm. A million's nothing. Again, $12 million is barely doing 20%. It's, uh, you know, so some of those things, although I understand the sentiment behind them, it's, that's not going not gonna to move the needle. Well, at least it was something on the positive side. Yeah. But good, good luck. Like I told you, there's 80 of y'all up there, the combined IQs. I'm sure y'all can come up with something that will be equitable and it will get the, the thing going eventually. And good luck with it. Appreciate it. Appreciate All the call. Right. 367-1240 if you do have a question or a comment. Anyway, uh, we were pretty much done with that topic. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but feel free to call on it. Certainly. But wanted to shift gears. Uh, you know, uh, when I saw the length of yesterday or Tuesday's meeting, uh-huh. when I saw it yesterday, I said, well, I, I saw the agenda. I have a feeling uh, the guy from Clico heard a lot from the council. He and, did. And he that, did. Uh, indeed, uh, uh, interesting did. back and forth. Well over an hour, uh, kind of knew that would happen, uh, brought this discussion and the franchise agreement before we add, before in other words the next two meetings will bring some formal documentation but this was a good discussion knew it was coming uh and needed to come I mean, it was healthy so yeah we spent probably an hour and a half uh with our rep from Clico uh Willie Bejeron does a great job very man. uh so we discussed many many possibilities and discussed uh problems the issues uh you know from rates to anything you can imagine and the council spent a lot of time, uh, which I wanted. And, uh, yeah, it was a big, long, healthy discussion. There you go. Anything um, come of it other than uh, the sharing of information? Um, well, we're still trying to proceed because we do have to do a franchise agreement. Um, and there are reasons to do it. And council members had questions, and, and some have differing opinions. And we're doing some research now, and we will be bringing it forward. Um, so there'll be much more discussion and we've been doing some research and, uh, I'll be bringing some documentation that Jeff is pulling together for us now. Um, and the big, uh, one of the big items were, uh, who owns the infrastructure. And I think we will with clearly, because I stand on my position that we do not own the infrastructure, Clico does. And, uh, Jeff will be bringing forth some documentation because he's been in the courthouse, uh, and we'll be able to show that the city sold their uh, share a uh, long time ago. So I want to bring that so that everybody can see that and have that and finally understand that we do not own those poles, those wires, those substations, those transformers, you know, none of it. Um, 
And then uh, we talked about what the value might be of all of that infrastructure because uh, there was some kicking around. Well, what if someone wanted to bring in another company? Well, Clico would have to sell because they own it, so they would sell their property. Um, and we're looking at the assessed value of that as well, so we can bring that, and then that cost would get passed on. And our bills are too high already, but our bills are high because uh, the gas, the natural gas that makes all of this electricity is is high. Yeah, and, and that's true, and that you can see black and white. Yeah. I, I think about this one guy in, I think it was Lafayette, um, mm-hmm. he had a piece of property, completely shut his uh, electricity down. Oh, but they still send you a bill just because you're hooked up. Yeah. Yes, I, I didn't know like that either. It was 150 bucks. Yeah, mine wasn't 150 but if you have a building and it's hooked up to the grid, they, they charge you something. Yes. I, I Even if you're that, not using it. You know, back in... Um, it, it used to not be that way. I would say in the early part of the 2010s, you know, if I wasn't running the air conditioning, my bill was like 30 bucks. Right, right. I know. So I, I don't... Well, you look, and, and this is, and Clico got bought out by yeah. an Australian company, and the, the game has changed. But it's private business. Um, I had, through my companies, because I own a lot of real estate, or have in the past, and, you know, I'm sure. always flipping something. So I had a master account. So I might have got 10 bills from Clico, 15 bills from Clico at one time. Each one had one. I could turn a building on and off like I wanted. So when there wasn't a tenant, I turned the building off. I didn't pay. I just sat there. Yeah. When a tenant came, I went through all the process. The fire department comes and inspects it to make sure it's safe. You deal with your insurance company. You deal with, you know, everybody gets a little letter. Everything's cool. It's all inspected. Turn the power back on. You start paying again. So I was very used to that. And there was no charge to turn the power on and off. Because usually, I mean, I needed my buildings to be full to pay my notes. But when they weren't, I needed to save as much money as I could. So we ran like that for 30 years. Well, now, every time you turn a building on or off, there's a charge. And there's a minimum because it's on. But when you try to beat that and say, well, I'll just turn it off completely, then it's, you know, a couple hundred bucks to turn it back on. So those master accounts went out the window, and I wasn't the only person who invested in real estate in our community who had master accounts. People that owned quite a few buildings had those. So we don't have those anymore. So the rules changed when the Australians bought it seven, eight years ago, and and some of them are much more big business-type decisions uh, because before that, Clico was a local company. So uh, I'm not happy about a lot of things in the way it functions, but I, I have no control over that. Um, and I stand by my uh, comments at the meeting that, you know, the public service commissioner many, many years ago, long before any of us were around, set up these districts, set it up, and basically gave companies monopolies. And, yes, they're regulated. I'll never find out what that profit margin is, but they're regulated, and the Public Service Commissioner looks at all their costs, everything. But I'm not saying do they go and say you paid your CAO too much or you spent too, many mon- too much money on new trucks. Or you spent. I don't know how deep they get into that, but they basically regulate the entire company, and then they let them make a profit on top of that. Yeah. So what's the real profit? I don't know. But they're not losing money. No. In fact, I did a story earlier in the hour uh, talking about Entergy. Uh, this is, you know, in the Public Service Commission District 3, there's a runoff. Okay. And uh, an interesting uh, situation. But the guy who's running against Lambert Boisier, he's like, uh, Entergy uh, gave, uh, what's, what, I'm trying to remember the term, uh, your investors, stock investors uh-huh. get Oh, they give them a rebate. A dividend. Oh, they give them a dividend. A dividend. Yes. It says, how can you justify these prices when your stockholders well, well, are getting, getting dividends? That's that's exactly my point because you don't know. Like I said, you don't know what the CIO is paid. You don't know, you know, 
how much investment they've made. You don't know if they've, uh, again, given dividends. You know, all of those things come into play. But, but we, you know, I don't have a way to control that. Yeah. Um, and some people would want me to have a way to control that and everything else. But uh, we don't. So my first homework was to see if we owned anything or prove we didn't. Well, I knew we didn't, but I couldn't prove it. Well, now I can prove it. And then to kind of look at what the worth was. So so that's my homework before the next meeting. And we're getting all that together so that I can bring that to the meeting, show the council um, and move from there. You know, and uh, my goal is to make the best choice that we can make, uh, make the best deal we can make. And I've already said, if it's up to me, I would commit every dollar that we get. And that's not the point of doing this. You have to have a franchise agreement or they don't invest. Uh, the example I was given was if you own a house and I rent it month to month, you're not going to make too many improvements. If I give you a five-year lease, you know, you might fix the house up. And I really believe that that's – I learned that with the LACO deal. That is how these franchise agreements work. They want a long-term deal so they can continue to invest in their infrastructure and they can continue to leverage those investments and realize that I can do some financial things or business-type decisions because i got it coming in for the next 25 years. Yeah. And when you look at, I mean, their infrastructure just in New Iberia is probably worth, it's upwards of $100 million. It's got to be, you know, $125, $150 million. Well, for them to have that investment and, and retain it, they're going to know that it's a long-term deal. And, and you can't, I can't switch them out. Nobody's coming unless somebody spends $150 million, whatever the number is, spends $125, $150 million to buy it, and then they're going to look at getting that money back. And what are they going to do? They're going to raise the rates even more. Yeah. So it's it's a weird deal. But any money that would come off of this in part of the deal, it's not the main driver, but part of a franchise agreement, you normally get a check. Uh, I want to take any of the proceeds we get and dedicate them solely to crime cameras through our whole community. And I think that that is a great use for them and that everybody benefits. Um, you know, if I if I got a check for a million dollars, if you did a rebate, uh, you know, what would you get? A hundred dollars? You know, once yeah. that, that, let me tell you, a crime camera is going to go a long way to finding my tire dumpers, finding my litterers, finding, uh, you know, solving major crimes, um, both of person and property. So I think that's the place to put it, uh, you know, and not do something frivolous with it and do something that, that can pay us back in our community for the money we spent. So anyway, but that's kind of where we're heading. I think you can look for two more long meetings because we'll have more discussions. I'll bring it as a, uh, introduction and then, you know, we try to adopt. So that takes a couple of meetings. So I'm sure that we're not finished and we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be, this is a big deal. So, uh, look for much more discussion about Clico, but I'll be bringing some facts and figures that I think, uh, will at least put some things to rest. Yeah. And this too does not uh, come up immediately. It's another couple of years on the. Uh, well, we're going to, I would rather do it now. In other yeah, words, but, but, yeah, I mean, if we failed, to, right, you know, right, if we right. failed to do it, and that's why also, if you notice with everything I can, I'll push it as quick as I can, because if we fail or if there's some unforeseen or there's some reason that the council doesn't, you know, I don't have the votes to do it. I always want to have a backup plan. I always want to have a plan B that I can keep us moving forward. So yes, we are two years early. I would like to do it now because I think we have a real need. Uh, I want to get that settled and I really would like to see us, uh, with some crime cameras, but if that doesn't work, well, then I can I can try again. All right. And I have two years left. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I would, God willing, I could do my third term, but you just don't know. I mean, the voters could tell me I have a shelf life and it's over. Uh, 
you just don't know that. But uh, I would like to do it now so that I know before I leave. You know, that's another thing off the list. Let's talk about Pelican. Uh, How's this going? It's getting better. It's getting better. They have had some missteps. uh, But I'll tell you what, they are courageously working on them. Uh, Tommy T, our local rep, comes to every meeting. Never had that with Republic. Uh, I pick up the phone. Uh, it, it's it's he's a phone call away, as well as uh, a few of the other people that work there. Um, they give me a report every afternoon on what time they finished the trash and what time they finished the bulky waste. They were behind with the bulky waste when the contract started. Uh, they are catching up. They still have a few hot spots that I, I think they need to go a little faster with that, but they are picking it up. It does work, and the proof's in the pudding that picking it up every week is, is much better, um, but they need to get caught up. Recycling cans have been the latest big uh, debacle. Uh, they brought in about 1,600 cans when the owner and I had talked that we probably had three to 4,000 people recycling. So they had to order more recycling cans. I have seen some trucks around town with new recycling cans, and those are the ones with the yellow top. Yeah. So they seem to be getting those out, and people, it is kind of a, a cumbersome process, but people need to call and ask for them. So we have listed City Hall. They have list. We're trying to get those compared, uh, but they are getting the cans out. The other thing they're behind on is where people want to purchase a second can. They have gotten more cans in, and so they're picking up the game on that. But my first thing was, look, it was a weird transition. Republic dropped the ball in picking up the old cans. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, Public Works has been out there again. So Public Works has picked up hundreds and hundreds of cans and dealt with that slop that is now two and three weeks old. Uh, the other issue, when a Republic can gets dumped and Pelicans thought they were helping and really were, went over and above, because they don't get enough credit for the things that they are doing. They went over above and have been emptying Republic, emptying Republic cans. So they don't get paid for that. That's not in their contract to empty, empty those extra cans. But in some instances, as soon as they're empty, citizens are bringing them yeah. back to their house. So now we can't go on private property. So Pelicans can't get them. Republic's not getting get canned back. And Public Works couldn't pick them up. So us going around and following the trucks seemed to have helped because there's going to come a point in time, and Pelicans has told me that three times already, we will not pick up a Republic can. And then Republic, who I wish would have stepped up their game to come and get their property, okay? But they didn't. They have now, but they didn't for a while. They want the cans because they just got the contract in Lafayette. So they're trying to grab all these cans to bring them to Lafayette. Well, when they're under a carport, nobody gets them. Mm-hmm. So it's going to come a time that they're just going to abandon them, and I don't know. You they can't know, go knock on a door? I don't know. I've been asking them that, too. It's your property. Go get it. It's not my property. It's yours. No, but, but it seems to me uh, you have every right to, to go get to a it. house and knock on a door and say, may I? Can I have my can back? Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, yeah. it seems to me. It does to me, too. But uh, I spoke to them on the way over here. Uh, I had to talk to an attorney. Uh, it's been interesting to say the least, but, um, I think that I'm not getting as many calls. And when I ride around, I do not see nearly as many. So over the last few weeks, cause of course I ended up sending public works back out. And last Monday they had a big coordination between Pelicans, public works and Republic in my office. And then they all went out and made a plan for last week. So it seems to have help the Thursday, Friday route. So today and tomorrow, are the only ones that I don't think have been as cleaned up. So I'm hoping that Republic still continues to get its cans. Uh, I did hold their check for a while because I felt I needed to, because I needed to get somebody's attention, and it did work. So they're 
last payment has now been mailed out. Um, so we're getting there. But uh, that has been interesting. I hope I never have to go through a big transition. And, you know, it's funny. I get along with all the local Republic people. And there's a really cool guy, Mike, that I talk to quite often. He was in Lake Charles, and now he's in this district. You know, and he's like, you never know. We might be back. Uh, And so we're trying to stay on good terms because, you know, I guess in this business, you never know what's going to happen and why burn a bridge. But uh, on the local level, we're all getting along and it's all working. You know, some of the corporate people in other states uh, have not been as cooperative, but uh, it's getting there. All right. And uh, getting back to the council meeting and and some of that did come up during the council meeting. In fact, uh, the, the, the last thing I did not hear in the meeting were your remarks, uh, and they, they seemed a little longer than normal. Anything out of those remarks from Tuesday that you made? Man, what did I say? Apart from maybe what we've already spoke of. Mm-hmm. You know, I know we didn't talk about the... Uh, I cannot remember. I'm drawing a blank. Maybe well, I'll maybe I'll play them back then. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I don't remember that mine were that long, really. It was about six minutes. Okay, which I uh, which made me think. One, I, I was running out of time yesterday. I mean, the meeting before that, I addressed the tax and the and the streets. I don't think I did that again because we we've already done that. Uh, maybe I talked a little about being on the sidewalk. I don't. I really don't remember. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> no, no worries. But a um, couple of ordinances that were uh, adopted, uh, some HVAC work over at the Cliff Oquan building. Yes, police are paying for that out of their budget. They had a little surplus last year, or a little money they saved, because it, we had to make some choices what we do with it. And uh, that air conditioner was very old, was put in when it was the post office. Uh, so it had really been working very intermittently at best. So that's got to go, and they're putting in a new unit, and that was just to kind of clean the money up to, to move it over and do it. All right. Um, accepted or received some LGAP funds. Uh, these are uh, funds from the state. Uh, yes. Are they dedicated? Yes. To- uh, part of the LGAP funds on – read me that one if it's uh, – I want to make sure it's the right one. Well, it doesn't say anything specific, but receipt and utilization of LGAP funds. Oh, no. that, that Yeah, it does say uh, compact excavator. Yes, that's what I thought because we get a bunch yeah, of little yeah. things under LGAP. Yes, that was a little mini excavator that is going to be shared between departments. It's going to live at the Pepperplex, but Public Works has times that they could need it. The parks has time because it's small. And so we uh, did that paperwork and got that set so I can take possession of it. All right, the purchase of uh, property by Bank Avenue. That's a little spot on Cauldron Lane that Deidre and I started playing with three years ago. Uh, it was adjudicated, and it took forever for some reason to clear the title up and to get Civic Source to where we could buy it. And the city is now purchasing, purchasing that to make some parking across the street from the kind of the main entry area at the baseball fields. Real good. And... Um couple of resolutions, uh, application of Bates Motel for a restoration tax abatement yes, program. Yes, that is something that passes through us. It's really through the state, but we have to give approval. And it's five years that they freeze the taxes at the what the property value is now, and then they can actually get it for five more years as an extension. But uh, it's another way that these historic buildings are, uh, you know, making it worthwhile to renovate them. Historic? That, well, that one. it is part of the tax credit. <laughs> I didn't say. Yeah, but you know, it's weird. Okay, if you look. And, and I love Mickey's. And yeah, yeah, Tiffany, no. Don't get, get but me wrong. It, but. It, it goes to a time period, and it doesn't have to be as old as you think. Yeah. Okay, look at the wonderful job that J.D. did on Cane River. Yeah. So he had to bring it back to basically the old American or stage department store. 
Okay, but that really you still look at it. And you don't ride by and say it's a historic building, but it's you know it was a 1950s uh, American department store, and then we remodeled the building, did all the work in the building because our construction company had to be across the street. I worked in that building in high school. I worked in that building in college. I mean, we did a bunch mm-hmm. of additions to it. But so you're talking 70s and 80s. So that's really not. Uh, you know, we wouldn't think of that as historic, but he got all those tax credits and they were very, very involved because I was there in meetings, what he had to do to put it back to. So they'll find a 1950 or 60 picture and that is old enough if you put it back and they approve it to to get some of these tax credits, even though it's not like, you know, I mean, we're in a building from probably the teens, 20s. Uh, most of these buildings on Main Street, are, we had the Great Fire, of course, but so it just depends. But most of them, at the turn of the century, uh, before the fire, well, they're older. But that's what you think of as a historic building. But uh, those tax credits are there that go much, much newer buildings. There you go. Do the, will other taxing bodies have to approve this too, or is this one just for the city? I think this one's just for the city because, like, when we did, uh, although when we did Rouse's, everybody had to agree. But that's because we did a pilot. It was it was a different program. But there are some that, you know, the sheriff's department, the school board, parish government, and the city all have to agree. There are some that just run through in our historic district that are a little bit different. Gotcha. And uh, the Jefferson Terrace Drainage Improvements Phase 2. Yes, that gets us a little bit past Dupree's, the vet clinic, where we always have flooding. And that is the extension. You remember a few years ago we went uh, from Bayou Tesh under the railroad track. And then we were out of money. That was so expensive, and we stopped. I let the drainage fund build up again, and so now we're utilizing it to go a little further. We'll run out of grade. Unfortunately, the pipe will start showing out of the ground. You're done. I mean, you know, we will end up that we don't have enough slope to continue, but this is the next phase of that. And this will at least take care of in front of the vet clinic and that side of Jefferson, Jefferson Terrace because it needs it. Gotcha there. And uh, finally, uh an agreement between uh, the city of New Iberia and New Orleans on a uh, youth detention. Yeah, we're always looking for new opportunities. One of our officers who hails from New Orleans uh, and, and came over to join us when we built the department uh, had some connections there, and we are trying to work out a deal that's not finalized, but this gave me the approval to negotiate to give us another location that we, when we have to send juveniles away, uh, would give us a closer location because that has been very uh, difficult. As you know, Acadiana doesn't have one. We have sent uh, juveniles that needed this, violent juveniles, to North Louisiana. We've sent them out of state a little bit. We've sent them all over. We've gone through places that either have shut down. We hear rumors that some other facilities might be shutting down. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a huge challenge across the South. And so if we can cut this deal, this is, gives us another place that's actually closer that we could, uh, you know, put these juveniles who are violent uh, on ice when we need to. You know, did I hear you're going to pay $50 a day? Well, what is, I guess, proposed right now? 50 yeah. a day, even if the bed's empty? Yeah, we're negotiating that because I don't, I, I can't, I, like, I can't run that around the clock. Yeah. Uh, that, that'll add up too much. But we are negotiating some fee. Uh, you know, because you take uh, 50 times 365, I mean, I don't have $18,000, uh, and then if I needed more than one bed. So we are negotiating. Uh, all of that is still on the table. Uh, are these pre-trial um, juveniles? Yes, yeah, because once they accept them, then, you know, the system pays for them, yes, if you will. Yes, I was going to say. We're just paying to, you know, we, we can't. There are some, 
I know they're juveniles, but there are some young individuals that are violent, that have committed murder, that have committed, you know, assault, that have shot people. And if you let them back out, because we have seen that in the past, you know, they go right back to shooting more people. And, I mean, unfortunately, uh, and it's not just a new Iberia thing, uh, you know, unfortunately, if you look around Acadiana and you look, we have, you know, a, a problem that we have a large contingent of juveniles committing very violent crime. So you can't just give them back to their parents and say they're going to be, you know, yeah. released on a summons because the violence is going to continue. And then you end up with payback. You end up with retribution. You end up that one shooting can become three or four if, if you don't get the situation isolated. So uh, it's very important, although it's sad, it's very important that we have a place to put these juveniles to calm the situation down and to, to you know, fend off further violence because you know history has shown in our four years that we've been here if you don't do that uh, the violence continues yeah i thought the conversation devolved a little bit when angola got brought up because i thought the only and there's only eight no more than 24 ever will be there um, the way it's proposed right now but i'm guessing they are post-conviction yes i think so so again it wouldn't even no i I need something someplace to put them now yeah um, so anyway, but that was a good discussion about that. And I am hopefully, you know, working toward coming up with some kind of, uh, compromise or negotiation with a group out of new Orleans to be able to make that happen. And if I can't, I can't, we'll, we'll try again somewhere else. A couple of ordinance were introduced, uh, for final adoption next meeting on the 20th, uh, another air conditioning issue uh, for city hall. Yes. Yes, we have uh, that coming, and we have uh, the Clico thing will be back on the 20th uh, with more information and, and more discussion. Um, and the James Burke statue? Yes, that's going to be cool. We put up a little money. The private citizens raised the bulk of it. We matched some, and that will let me proceed with uh, the group that put this together can actually order the statue so that it will get here in probably six or eight months. And then Public Works pours the foundation and sets the statue. So I uh, was excited about that. Very good. After that, it was the council remarks. Uh, but uh, anything else before we let you go? No, not really. It's a, it's a busy time. You know, it's the end of the year. You'd think it was slowing down. Well, this year it doesn't seem to be. Uh, yesterday I got to go. I had the honor, myself and Mayor Focard from uh, Franklin, he and I went, and uh, there's a CPAC seminar. It's a planning seminar, a lot of architects, urban planners, engineers, um, as well as a lot of state agencies were there. So it was good. We got to do a little presentation, and it was rooted around Bayou Tesh, uh, the city of New Iberia, and the city of Franklin, and what we've done with the Bayou, what we're doing with our historic districts, with our culture, with our history, and how we were taking advantage of that unique culture and history. Um to develop our towns. And so went really well. Franklin's got it going on. They have a lot going on there. The mayor and I really hit it off, and we spent all of our downtown time talking about things that we could probably network on and need to. So you remember I used to do these meetings with mayors. I haven't done one in a while, so we are going to spark that up in January. We'll be get, get about eight or ten mayors together and kind of start looking at what we can do in this region to to link up, to promote ourselves to take all advantage that we can of our culture and our history and, and really how much Bayou Tesh links us together, what a, what a thread that is, and, you know, we, we woven us, you know, all together. And so we talked about, uh, you know, the things we take for granted, food and our culture and our music, uh, our language, all of the things that we have that bind us together, how we could take advantage of that. 
Um, and we were picked to do that because the state said we were a very, very good example of some smaller cities who took advantage of both their natural and their, uh, you know, everything we've been talking about of their assets. And uh, we're doing a really good job of utilizing those assets and leveraging them to, to move our city forward. So it was fun. Uh, did a little presentation. I guess it was about, I don't know, 150 people. Uh, so it was fun and that's a two day thing, but I decided to come back. I just did hours and roll back over, but really good with that. I was excited. Uh, it was a lot of fun and an honor that they would pick no Iberia to be able to do that. So, uh, anyway, it's a busy time, but it's all good. Christmas parade Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. It should be fun. We, uh, like the tree like we always do. We got a new Christmas tree. Really, really pretty. Really nice. Remember the other tree got run over and we had to bend it back and then the lights didn't work. And so poor farmer had to string all of those lights on that 20 something foot tree every year. So we've been long overdue and had a little tr- Christmas tree fund. And so when we got to where we could afford it, we bought a Christmas tree. Uh, so it's the first year that this tree is up. So excited about that. And so the parade should be good. Weather should be decent and uh, should be fun. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I think I'm done. All right. Uh, always a pleasure, sir. Um, Thank we'll you. Look forward to the next time.